Have you ever thought about what it truly takes to be a proactive individual? Well, you're gonna learn all about it on today's show. Now, many of you may know that one of my mentors and uh, one of the people that I learned so much from was Dr. Stephen Covey, who wrote the classic book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the first habit that Dr. Covey talked about in that book was the habit of being proactive, right? Being responsible for your life. And one of the most important lessons that Dr. Covey talks about with respect to being proactive is we have to understand that our life is dictated not by the things that happen to us, but how we respond to those various stimulus that come our way. So I want you to check out this video of Dr. Covey talking about this, th this idea that you can carry your own weather and you have to be very careful and take responsibility for how you respond to certain things in your life. Monday morning and it's raining. A gray, melancholy day. On a day like this, maybe we can be excused for feeling gray and melancholy ourselves. We get into a mood and the whole day seems to go badly. Don't you feel better when the weather outside is great? But what if you could carry your own weather within you? What about the social world we live in? Don't you feel better when you're treated better? That's being reactive to what we could call the social weather, the social culture. When you carry your weather with you, you can choose to be consistent regardless of how people treat you. That's what it means to be proactive. Being reactive is the opposite of being proactive, not taking responsibility for our own life. You always see yourself as a victim of the weather, of your moods, of someone who has it in for you. Habit one is based on the principle that your life is the result of your own decisions, not your conditions, not what's happening around you. That's why habit one is so foundational, so basic. Unless you practice habit one, you can never practice the other habits of highly effective people. Years ago, I was doing research in a library in Hawaii. While thumbing through a book, I came across an idea that changed my whole outlook. The author said something like this, between what happens to us, that is the stimulus, and our response is a space. In that space, lies our power and our freedom to choose our response. And in those choices lie our growth and our happiness. This insight sunk deep into my heart. Even in the midst of challenging circumstances, we have this exhilarating power to choose how we will respond. For instance, the great Viktor Frankl, the Jewish Austrian psychiatrist imprisoned in the death camps of Nazi Germany during World War II, experienced unbelievable indignities and tortures. He was raised to believe that you are basically a product of your childhood. But while he was in the death camp, he began to observe some very interesting things. Different people reacted differently to the same circumstances. He himself experienced terrible things. Some of his own loved ones were killed. One day they stripped him, put him under lights, 
and performed experiments upon his body. At that lowest possible point, he discovered what he called the last human freedom, the power to choose your own response to any condition, to anything that happens to you. During his darkest moments, Frankel would visualize himself lecturing to his students in Austria following his release. He pictured himself teaching them about the very experiences he was having then. He came to believe that the most basic human capability of all is that between stimulus and response, man has the freedom to choose. Frankel later determined the thing that enabled survival in the death camps was not necessarily intelligence or survival skills, but a sense of purpose, a contribution yet to be made. This became the basis for his brilliant autobiography, Man's Search for Meaning. It's not what people do to us that hurts us. It's our chosen response to what they do that hurts us. As Gandhi put it, they cannot take away our self-respect if we do not give it to them. We must simply never build our emotional life around the weaknesses of other people. Otherwise, we give them permission to continue to mess up our lives. We give our future away. Several years ago, I was making a presentation on this subject of proactivity, and a woman stood up in the middle of my speech and started to give a speech on her own, spontaneously. She was filled with explosive learning and excitement. You could see it in her eyes, her gestures, her body language. And then she sensed the inappropriateness of what she was doing. She sat back down. I could hardly wait until the break to talk to her. What happened to you, I asked. She shared her story. She said, I'm the full-time nurse to an extremely miserable man. He doesn't even acknowledge me, let alone show me any form of appreciation. She went on to explain that this elderly man, entrusted to her care, was absolutely miserable and took his misery out on her. She was becoming more and more depressed and hated the thought of going to work each day and facing this irritable man. All of the other nurses felt the same way. They talked even of his demise, wished for it, hoped for it while they were taking care of him. Then she said something to me. For you to stand up there and suggest that I am choosing to be miserable was almost too much. But then, listening to you, I suddenly realized that I do choose to be miserable. Before, I believed I didn't choose it. He made me. But then I realized how dependent I am. I'd given my power over myself to him and his miserable behavior. As I thought about what you were saying, she said, I realized I had the power to choose and felt like I had been let out of prison. That's why I stood up. I could not contain myself. I just can't tell you what that means. This feeling of freedom is almost overwhelming. We have the power and the freedom to choose, to create our own weather each day. 
As Bishop Fulton J. Sheen once said, each of us makes his own weather, determines the color of the skies in the emotional universe which he inhabits. It's such a great metaphor to understand we have this moment in time that we can choose our response. And like, that's a very human thing, right? Like dogs don't get a chance to choose their responses. If you, if you step on their tail, they're going to bite you. They're not going to think about it, right? Because they live by instinct. As humans, we have the ability to choose our responses. That's the number one characteristic of a proactive person. Now, there's another characteristic that's really important also. And it's this concept of your circle of influence. You know, there's things in life that you're concerned about but you have no control over, and other things that you actually have influence over. Usually that's your own decisions and your own behaviors. A proactive person focuses always on the things they can influence and control. Check out this video from Dr. Stephen Covey on the circle of influence. Look also this way. Here is your circle of influence. This is something you can do something about. You can control or at least influence, okay? Here's the larger circle of concern. It's much larger than your circle of influence. Where do you think proactive people focus their energies? Here or here? In the inner circle. Where do reactive people focus their energies? In the outer circle. What happens to the inner circle? It gets smaller. Why? Because your energy is negative and you're neglecting that over which you have influence. Because you're giving time and attention and resource to that over which you don't have influence. So it gets smaller, it shrinks. But by focusing on the inner circle of influence, and even though your job is just a piece of it, you focus there. You figure out ways to help other people on their jobs. Little by little, I'll guarantee you, because of that proactive and positive energy, your circle of influence will gradually get larger and larger and larger. And many of the issues you are concerned about over here will gradually and naturally be dealt with as you focus on your circle of influence. I worked one time as the assistant to the president of a university. He was a very dynamic and visionary person. He also was a very controlling person and disempowering to many people, and most of the executive team around him were very critical of how he would kind of micromanage them and take over and treat them like gophers. Go for this, go for this, go for this, go for this. And they'd sit around in the executive corridors basically and massage each other's hearts as they swapped war stories on how he would treat them. You know, you know what he did to me? I have run an organization, and this is the way he treated us. You think that's bad. He came right into my department the other day and completely reversed my decision. Right in front of all my... He can't, I don't know. How long can you live with this kind of thing? You know, totally justified. Both victims. One man, his name was Ben, was proactive. He was also treated as a gopher. He had a very small circle of influence but he focused only there. I remember one day sitting with the president when the president gave Ben an assignment to make an analysis of a particular problem. Ben took that assignment and then he said to himself, why do you think the president wants me to do this? I'll bet he's preparing a presentation for the board meeting 
And he's going to present these facts and then his recommendation. I think what I'll do is try to help him by presenting not only the facts, but my analysis of the facts and my recommendations based on the analysis. I sat there and watched the president. He could not believe what had happened. Ben presented exactly what he was a gopher for, his analysis and the recommendations. And the president said to him, it's amazing, Ben. It's exactly why I wanted it. I'm making this presentation to the board meeting. Could you come and make it for me? Ben's circle of influence went like that instantly with the president, but with others. They were critical now because in the executive corridors, they would sit around and say, what's going on with Ben? Is this kind of some kind of favoritism? Are they related? Or how come his stock is going up so high? He wasn't even on the academic side. But he treated them the same way. He would just study exactly what the need is and the problem, proactively go after it, and see every problem as an opportunity to exercise creative energy in going the second mile. Little by little, his circle of influence became so large that over a period of the four years I worked with that president, he became the second most influential person on the campus. In fact, the president would not make any moves without Ben's blessing and permission. And everyone knew it. And when he retired, there was a special award made in his honor for people that exercised that kind of resourcefulness, creativity, and proactive muscle. That's because he focused proactively on the inner circle of influence rather than on the outer circle of concern. You know, one of the things I've learned is that whiners just focus on the things they can't control and winners focus on things they can control. Be a winner, be proactive. The last thing I wanna talk about on this whole concept of being proactive is how we talk to each other. Cause you can listen to people around you in your meetings or at a supply house or in your personal conversations. And their conversations, their words will tell you if they're a proactive person or a reactive person. Proactive people always focus on how they can impact the situation and that's reflected in their language. Check this out, check out proactive language. You can usually tell a person's proactive or reactive nature by listening to their language. It's kind of the fingerprint of where the locus of control is, whether it's inside or outside. Really, I can't do this, have to do this. I had a student one time. Would you excuse me from class? I have to go on a tennis trip. I said, what, what? We just finished talking about how the language of the proactive person is, I choose to, I prefer to, yes, no, I will. The language of the reactive person, I have to, I must, if only, I can't, I haven't time. I'm low man on the totem pole, look what's above me. The people who need this aren't here, or if they are here, they're not getting it. I was going through all of that. He said, you excuse me from class, next week I have to go on the tennis trip. <laughs> he said, what? I have to go on the tennis trip. You, you what? I have to go. You have to go? You have to go? Oh, yeah. What'll happen if you don't go? They'll kick me off the team. Seems like a natural consequence to me. You don't go on the trips. 
You can't be on the team. What will happen if you don't come to my class? I don't know. <laughs> What's the natural consequence of not coming to class? I don't know. I mean, think. <laughs> what naturally will happen if you don't come to class? Well, I mean, you wouldn't kick me out, would you? Well, that, that, that would be a social consequence. That's artificial. It's not natural. If you won't participate, you shouldn't be on the team. On a tennis team, that would be natural. What will naturally happen if you don't come to class? I guess I'd miss the learning. That's right. I know if it were me, I'd choose to go on the tennis trip. <laughs> but never say you have to do anything. You have the power to choose. He meekly said, I choose to go on the tennis trip <laughs> and miss my class. You know, this content from Dr. Stephen Covey and the Seven Habits is just classic, classic content. And really, it's a lot of the ideas and concepts that really changed uh, the course of my life. And I'm so grateful to Dr. Stephen Covey for having produced this genius work. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, listen, if you're not a member, uh, then click the join button at the top of this page and you'll get a 30 day free trial and access to more content just like this. Well, that's it for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you soon. And until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.